you're out in public and you see a police officer, don't be afraid to say thank you. I guarantee you those two words are going to carry them to the end of their shift until they get home safely to their families. Welcome to the Influencers Podcast. Uh, Today, this is a special show uh, talking about law enforcement and the families, uh, what they endure and how we can be of support to them. And uh, it's a joy uh, for our producer of the Influencers Podcast, Christiane Debussing, uh, to join me today as the co-host. Welcome, Christiane. Thank you, Dave. It's just fun to to be here with you. Always being behind the scenes, I'm always love all the different shows that we do and and just the perspective. And so to be on this side uh, is just a new challenge today, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Well, I know all of our listeners are grateful to you uh, and also uh, Pacific Gold Studios for putting all the pieces together. Uh, But as I was mentioning, uh, police officers confront physical danger. Uh, They endure sometimes public disdain and serve long hours. And amid the rising violence and the movement to defund police, Uh, The FBI released a detailing report, and 59 police officers were killed in the line of duty from January uh, of 2021 through September of 2021, so just nine months. And of the 60,000 officers that were assaulted in 2020, 30% sustained injury injuries. And so, I mean, you think about this, 44,000 officers were assaulted during that time with personal weapons. That's hands, hands, fists, or feet. And 25% uh, were injured. And I was just talking with our special guest, uh, Rebecca Lynn, how last night I was driving down the freeway and you see the, the signs of dedicating those freeways to fallen officers. And it's a stark reminder of the risk uh, they, they, they're they in each and every day to defend our freedom and also to provide the safety. And, and I know you speak for me how grateful we are uh, to them and to uh, their families. Uh, Rebecca Lynn, our guest, is a police wife of 15 years and founder of the popular blog, in social channels called Proud Police Wife, boy, I love that, which are dedicated to uniting police wives and their families through support, motivation, experience, encouragement, and they reach tens of thousands of law enforcement spouses every month. What an incredible ministry. Uh, She holds a master's degree in education and is a former elementary school teacher. So is my wife. That's when I first met her, that's uh, I said to her, God's been preparing you for me. Uh, she is the <laughs> author of The Peacemaker's Wife, a journal for reflection and encouragement in your life as a police wife. Rebecca lives with her husband and three children near Washington, D.C. Uh, Rebecca, what an honor it is to have you with us today. 
Thank you, Dave. And um, I, I'm just honored to be here to talk with you guys. And I really appreciate you just giving me time um, to really give support to these families that they deserve. And whether it's fallen officers or current ones serving, um, I just really appreciate being able to talk with you guys and share about that. And like you said, really um, maybe offer some hope to families that are listening or just give some insight to families that want to give support to law enforcement and how they can do that. Thank you. Well, let's uh, provide a little context. Was your husband already a police officer when you got married? So no, he actually wasn't. We are high school sweethearts. So uh, we met in high school. We dated all through high school and through college. And I knew that he talked about going into law enforcement, but it's one of those things that when we were dating, you just kind of, um, I didn't put much thought into it, I guess. And then um, after college, he, he went into the police academy. And initially, I think I was very naive, to be honest. I did not fully understand what um, the job just entailed and the dangers of the job. I more so was just so proud of him. I knew that, I mean, he just has a service heart and he's so caring and he, his goal was to just make a difference and help in his community and help people. And so that's what I thought of most as well. I didn't think about the dangers and I really wasn't aware of a lot of them um, to start. Well, absolute hero is, is right. Uh, so what is it like, you know, your husband leaves a house and enters harm's way, you know, I mean, obviously that, that's just gotta be scary. So how do you manage that as a police wife? You know, it's, I, and I think I can speak for police spouses across the nation. Every time we, they leave, um, I won't lie. There is fear that lingers in your mind that it could be the last time that you see them. Um, so you say goodbye like it, it you know, it could be the last. Um, you pray that it's not, but we also are very aware that um, tomorrow is not promised and that this job is inherently dangerous. And so I think it is important to not obviously live in fear. It can very much consume you. Um, when I have those thoughts, I try to give those worries and, and those fears to God and um, let him help direct me and and give me the strength, especially to be there for my kids. And I don't want to display that all the time to them. But it is in the back of your mind that when you're saying goodbye and I love you and come home safe, that um, it could be the last time. And it's not you know, a great feeling to have, but it's one that um, really teaches you honestly to be intentional with your life and to really make sure that, um, you know, everyday things, you're not leaving while, you know, he's not leaving to go to work like right before an argument, or do I really need to bring up these little mundane things right now? Like, does it really matter? So it really helps you to reflect and um, be intentional with words and your actions every single day. Because, you know, whether they come home or not, we also know that just on the job, they're experiencing stressors that many more stressors than the average citizen experiences. So to just know that they can go to shift um, with, you know, uh, peace of mind and calm and not, you know, tension and arguments or stress leaving the home is really important too. How, how do you help your husband when he comes home? I mean, he's dealing with a lot of, 
of sometimes I think the worst of society. Yes. You know, the social ills and uh, you have domestic violence and obviously, you know, theft and murder and, and all the rest. I mean, how do you how do you help him when he comes home to leave that on the job, if you will? Right. And honestly, that's a great question. And it's one that I have actually been talking with other spouses all day today about. And one of the biggest things that I can sort of share is um, that I do and that I think it's really important for other police families to do is when they come home to give them some decompression time, because when they are on the job, they have to be alert. They have to be sort of, you know, energetic, ready to go. And um, that adrenaline is rushing. And when they come home, they now are, you know, quote unquote, expected to be mom or dad or husband and wife. And it can be very hard for them to make that transition. So just being cognizant of the fact that they're in this hypervigilant state. They're in this state where they always have to be alert and now they're ready to relax. But if they walk in the door, um, you know, I would do this as well in the early years and I'm not proud of it, but he would come home and I would sort of word vomit everything I've been wanting to tell him for the last two or three days because we weren't together or I was working, you know, as a teacher during the day, he was working night shift. So being careful to um, just wait 20 to 30 minutes to let them walk in the door, get some food, maybe change their clothes and take a shower and giving them that time and also kind of teaching your kids and modeling that for your children to give them that time because um, they're not going to be able to have a discussion where they're actually actively listening if they're still trying to come off the job and process everything that they saw during that day. Um, you know, and if things happened, yes, they're going to process more than the 20 to 30 minutes that you give them to decompress, but it helps them just, you know, move into that role um, and not be stressed from the job. So that's really, really important. Um, and then also just letting them know that whenever they're ready to talk, if they're ready to talk or share about their day, that you're ready to listen. You don't have to be pushy about it. Um, and it may be uh, hours later, maybe days, it may be weeks that they want to share something with you, but just being open to always listening and letting them know that um, you're there for them and you're ready to listen whenever they are. I love that. That is outstanding practical advice. I I refer to that as playing Marco Polo, if you will, yes. that that old swimming game, yes, you know, there, yes. if somebody's underwater, you just wait, but you're there when they come up. It's important to, you know, just take their cues, just kind of watch how they're doing. You know, your spouse pretty much better than anyone. So um, just taking cues off of them to see, okay, I can tell if they're ready to talk or I can tell that they're being maybe a little closed offish. Um, and so just feeding on that a little bit and seeing, okay, should I ask them if they want to talk or ask them about their day or do I need to give them a little space? So, but you're right. It's like that, you know, old game. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Well, I got to ask you this question that I'll turn it over to my co-host. You know, we've witnessed this intense uh, animosity towards the police over the past few years. And, and as we've discussed, I mean, like your husband, you know, he endures danger you know, exhaustion, long hours. We now have budget cuts. And, you know, there was this threat to defund police. 
how can we support officers and families that are dealing with this kind of uh, public nonsense? And how do you interact with people who do not support officers like your husband? So there's two ways first um, for your first question on how to offer support. So the first thing that I would say is, it sounds really simple, but it's really powerful is to just say thank you to law enforcement and their families. If you're out in public and you see a police officer, don't be afraid to say thank you. I guarantee you those two words are going to carry them to the end of their shift until they get home safely to their families. Because if they are dealing with hostility, if they're dealing with negativity, um, you know, traumatic calls, just hearing that they're appreciated means the world to them because during a time where it doesn't feel like they are, uh, they need to know that people support them. And a great deal of people still do. It's just sometimes hard to see that when um, there's so much darkness over here. So uh, that's the first thing. The second way to show support is, especially if you're part of you know the, uh, the community, maybe in the same neighborhood or part of the same church, um, to don't be afraid to show support. And you don't have to be loud and proud, like, you know, I support the police. And it doesn't have to be loud and proud. Um, It can be as simple as if you notice that church that um, maybe the family is coming to church, but the officer's not because they're working, um, pray over them, offer to take them a meal. If um, an officer is maybe away at a training or working really long hours, cut their grass for them. It, It doesn't have to be Um, this big public announcement, just letting families know that you're thinking of them, you see their sacrifices, and you just want to help out can really make a big difference. Um, And then your second question about um, how to deal with people who are not so um, uh, just supportive of police. You know, I, one, I try to have boundaries myself, because sometimes I can tell when talking to someone if They're willing to actually have a conversation about police where it's for both talking and they're actively listening or if they just kind of want to spew hatred. So I try to stay away from the toxic conversations that are not so much um, where they're not willing to listen sometimes. Um, But I think having open conversations is important for people with people that are willing to listen just to, I think sometimes... um, a lot of times people get their information maybe from a news headline or from media uh, clips that aren't aren't showing the full picture. And so to hear situations and to hear a perspective that is different from yours and to hear a perspective of someone that lives this life daily, I think can be very important. So I try not to ever... Um, come across as like, oh, know-it-all, but just, well, this is what our perspective has been. And I'd like to just share you, you know, our, um, what our lifestyle is like and what we see from this side so that maybe they might not agree with you in that moment, but maybe it's something that they can take and, you know, mull over a little bit. Um, And then I would just pray for them that um, they, that God can help them see um, the picture that, Honestly, the majority of law enforcement are good. And what's happening a lot of times is when uh, certain bad things happen, then they're sort of seen as all law enforcement are bad or all law law enforcement would react that way when it's not the case. So just that people would see that um, 
law enforcement officers are humans and each of them is different and we don't have to lump them in um, as one, you know, general population. Mm -hmm. That's so good, Rebecca. In, yeah, that's really good. Very, as Dave said before, and just even more practical advice, you know, and for me, it's especially um, poignant because I live next door to law enforcement officer oh. and family. So young family, two young kids, and, yes. and um, they moved in a couple years ago, and they've been great neighbors. And so, um, you know, we've just developed a friendship and just, you know, for the kids' birthdays and different things. And they have seemed to have a really good network and a family and friends around them. And um, and so which has been great. But it's just really lovely to sometimes go out in the yard and have a conversation or they were going on vacation and they're like, hey, would you water the plants for us or you know, vice versa. And, um, yes, you know, yes. I just, I, and so it's just been great. And sometimes when they have had company coming over, I'm like, Hey, park your, park your cruiser in the driveway, in our driveway. It's totally fine. Yes. You know? So, so it's just been really nice. And, you know, I've been thinking about it as we were preparing for this too, of, you know, even greater ways that I could, you know, support them. And um, not just love on them as neighbors, but, you know, support them even when I know they're tough things. And so, um, so I, you know, so I appreciate your perspective and what you're saying, because it helps me to know how to be a better neighbor and to be a better witness as well. You know, Rebecca, you, you've been um, a police wife now for uh, more than 15 years, and you have a new book out called Proud Police Wife. And one of the things you say in the book is that it's a calling. And despite feelings of isolation, loneliness, frustration, um, it's also uh, with this calling, there's also a lot of blessings as well. You know, can you share a little bit with us about that journey and maybe a story or two that explains, you know, going working through some of those tough times to what the blessings can look like and, um, you know, and, and what that feels like. Absolutely. So one of the biggest blessings that I had no idea would come of my husband going into law enforcement um, was the fact that not only is his department incredibly um, supportive and kind and very family friendly, but literally the entire community of law enforcement across the nation is like one big family. And I never expected that. And so I have felt that like a tidal wave um, when I started Proud Police Wife. It like, I just, families and spouses came in droves to say, hey, me too. Like, I feel the same way. And and we can share things and we understand each other that in ways that no one else does. And um, years ago, we had friends who had a daughter that was, um, you know, very, very sick. And we saw people from just other states, other departments come together and, oh, you're a law enforcement family. We want to help you. And so I saw them get help from people that they hardly even knew. And so it's just amazing to see um, that brotherhood that so many talk about in um, the law enforcement department, it truly extends to the families and the family unit. And so I just, I love this community. It's so um, loving and positive and it's, it's just a, an incredible blessing. Um, and then the other thing that I really see as a huge blessing is 
and I spoke on this earlier a little bit, is just the fact that um, we can be so intentional with our time as a family. And I don't know that I would have um, really learned this quite as much as I do because my husband's in law enforcement. But sometimes, I mean, a lot of times, honestly, families, when you get time together, you think, okay, we have the whole day off together. What are we going to do with this day? But for a lot of times for law enforcement families, it's we have two hours together. What are we going to do in that two hour Mm -hmm. chunk of time? Or to really be intentional with our time and with our words. Um, And I mean, we made a lot of changes for our personal family the past year or two. Like we bought land. We decided to do things that just really were important for our family and for our kids to be intentional. Um, And not just out of that fear that something could happen, but just it it really showed us that when my husband is dealing with, um, sometimes people are at their worst when he is seeing that, when he's interacting with them and seeing that at his job. And so when he comes home, I want this to be a place of peace and, um, you know, safety and um, just a place where he can truly decompress. And so we have acreage now where he can do that. And so that's what I encourage other families to do as well is what works for us may not work for you, but really choosing to live intentionally for what is important for your family because, um, you know, you have little chunks of time. Some days you... um, feel like ships in the night, but if you are finding ways to connect and use your time wisely, um, it really gives you a different perspective. Is that, is that what you find uh, maybe the greatest struggle for as you talk with other police wives is those boundaries and, you know, just that those chunks of time, is that the greatest struggle with families or are there other things that you think are greater struggles? Honestly, it is the boundaries and time. Time was, I think, the hardest aspect for me and many other families to grasp because um, a lot of times police officers, maybe they were in another career first that was more nine to five or our society thrives off the more nine to five type schedule. So when um, you're dealing with even trying to see like family on the weekends or trying to plan holidays or trying to you know, do things with birthdays or, um, you know, if there's school events for your kids, all of those things seem to go against the grain of your spouse's schedule. And so you really have to get creative and you really have to communicate really, really well so that you can be on the same page. Um, because it does feel like a lot of times that time can be not on your side. So kind of changing that mindset, Uh, changing that perspective to know, okay, um, we all have the same amount of time, every one of us, no matter what type of schedule we have. So we just have to choose to use that time uh, the best we can and use the time that we do have. We can't change our spouse's schedule. So we need to just focus on what we can control. Mm -hmm. So that Mm -hmm. took many, many, many years (laughs) for me to figure out, for my husband and I figure out, you know, the dynamic changes when you have kids and then you add kids, you know, through the years on top of that, trying to make it work. But uh, time and then also having those boundaries, like you mentioned, to keep that time, because a lot of times, you know, we might get calls from family that mean well, but say, hey, we're doing this, you know, on Saturday, can you come? And sometimes it's not that we don't want to, 
but we as a family unit haven't been together in a week. And so we made a promise. This is on our calendar and really sticking to it and not being afraid to say no sometimes. Um, All family is important, but, you know, not at the expense of your health or getting stressed or, um, you know, just making it harder on you. So um, making sure that you do have those boundaries in and it's okay to say no once in a while. Rebecca, another question about how you help your husband deal with individuals that perhaps are, you know, enslaved to drugs, uh, violent, some would say they're working the system. And how, how do you help your husband guard his heart and your heart to have compassion uh, for those people that, that perhaps society has become bitter towards and, and they feel like they've hired the police to keep them away from them. Uh, how do you, how do you address that? That's a really great question because, you know, as we've seen over the past few years, even the animosity towards police has grown. It's gotten harder for police officers to do their job because of sometimes what they see in the media or what the beliefs are, um, regarding the police. And so, um, you know, when I have these conversations with my husband, of course, I always pray for him and pray um, for his heart to see these people the way that um, they're truly meant to be seen and, you know, that we're all God's children. And um, But my husband is honestly the one that often reminds me and tells me, look, you know, Rebecca, the reason I went into the job is, and the reason why I stay in the job today is the same reason. And so even, you know, when he went into law enforcement over, you know, almost 16 years ago, he chose to go in because he wanted to help. And he said the world was broken then, just like it is now. And that hasn't changed. Um, No matter what political climate or what people think of, you know, the police at that given time, or no matter how hard the scene is or what he's dealing with, the the, you know, underlying circumstances are still the same, that we live in a broken world um, where people need help. And so that hasn't changed. And he tries to just remember that um, that's, he got into law enforcement to help and serve. And, and that's not going to change based on um, kind of what, what's going on in the world. So he often reminds me of that. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I I feel like I, I can't even say like, oh, this is what I tell him because He's so good at reminding me of that, and um, I just pray over him uh, daily so that he won't lose that because I think that um, to remember that and to have that gift to want to serve is um, very, very special. Incredible. You know, I spent time on the border, uh, the Texas, southern Texas and Mexico border and spend time with the border patrol. We actually put on events to honor their families. And it was hard to listen to border patrol and their families share how they don't even wear their uniform uh, to work. They don't even want their neighbors to know they are part of the border patrol uh, because of the shame. And here you have uh, them putting their lives on the line, uh, protecting our borders, uh, obviously, their families, you know, enormous sacrifice. And so I feel the same way about them as I do 
in law enforcement within our borders. And I'm really proud. I'm a San Francisco Giants fan. I'm proud of my Giants fan because on July 11th, uh, they uh, honored uh, the uh, the police uh, that had fallen and they had their families there just over the past year. And the entire outfield was uh, uh, fence was lined with motorcycle uh, cops. So it was pretty cool. Uh, but I, 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 ride, I ride a motorcycle, so I, I love that side of it, too. But yeah. I think that's one thing we can do, our listeners. We can look for ways to honor and celebrate uh, this, this career, this profession, and, yes, this ministry, yes. this ministry to our nation and to society. And, I, and that would be my challenge okay. to our listeners to pray uh, for you, uh, your family, and other law enforcement families, uh, but also let's look for ways uh, to celebrate and honor uh, how you are serving God in this country. Uh, very, very grateful. Yes. Please say thank you to your husband yes. uh, for, for us. Uh, Rebecca, as we close here, uh, what are some ways we can get more information, like, for example, your book and your blog? Yes. And and I will say real quick, Dave, to what you said a moment ago, for ways for people to get involved. And you don't need a special day to say thank you to law enforcement or pray for them or give support. But if they do um, want to get involved, um, uh, coming up, I believe it's September 17th, is uh, Thank a Police Officer Day. So that's also a great day for um, across the nation for people to, you know, just you want to get you know, pay for their coffee or um, send a gift card, something like that. Um, that is a great uh, time to just recognize them and give some support. Um, but yes, they uh, people can find me at my blog, which is proudpolicewife.com. Um, my book, Proud Police Wife, 90 Devotions for Women Behind the Badge is available wherever you get books. You can get it at Amazon, um, Target Online, Barnes & Noble, um, I also have a podcast called the Proud Police Wife Podcast that's available wherever you listen to podcasts, and that comes out every single Monday. Um, and then I'm also on social media like Facebook, Instagram, um, with the handle uh, on Instagram is Proud P Wife. Um, but you can just search Proud Police Wife, and it will um, come on up. And but I invite anyone who is you know a first responder family or. Anyone that just, you know, you don't have to just be a wife to need support. Any family member of law enforcement, or even if you're just a supporter, wanting to find ways. I have, you know, a ton of blogs on my website for people to come and see different ways that they can give support to law enforcement, as well as like free printables, um, coloring pages for kids even to like just print out to get, give and say thank you. Outstanding. And again, that date is September 17th is, is thank you law enforcement day. Yes. Thank a police officer day. I love that. And I mean, that's something we need to be doing at all of our churches across the country as well. And, and so thank you for sharing that. Christian, any closing thoughts? Yeah. Rebecca, just on the thank a police officer day. um, Is there information about that on your website as well? Yes. So I do have blog posts on um, ways to give support for Thank a Police Officer Day. And I think it's important to to point out a lot of times people confuse Police Week with, you know, Thank a Police Officer Day. And I mean, again, any day of the year is a great year to say thank you to law enforcement, a great day to say thank you to law enforcement. So your appreciation. 
but police week, sometimes they get confused in May. Um, that's our time, number one time to really uh, honor and respect our fallen police officers. Um, so it's, you know, a great time in September then to really give that thanks and give that appreciation um, and differentiate it from police week a little bit. And, um, you know, that a lot of times that's when yeah. churches can join in and, and give give those meals or open their doors and say, Hey, we have a hot meal for you. Whenever you're working, if you want to come by and, and get a hot meal, whenever you get a chance, like that type of stuff is always really appreciated. That's great. I, Cause I'm already thinking ahead of that day to my neighbor and maybe yes. a way I can bless his whole department. And that's a challenge. I'm accepting that challenge. I know Christiane, we're actually related. So I've known her for a long time. Uh, that it won't just stay with her. What a joint honor it's been to have you on uh, today. Yeah. And as I mentioned, please express our gratitude to your husband, uh, your family uh, for this uh, really a gift. Uh, one of the reasons why I liked uh, the date that the Giants did this, uh, the honoring on, it's my birthday. Woo! It was on my birthday <laughs> and I can't think of a better gift, a better gift and that is to honor uh, men and women uh, in blue that protect and serve. So thank you for being Absolutely. with us today, Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you. I, I thank you both so much for having me on and for your support of law enforcement and just being able to give law enforcement families um, a voice today. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Influencers Podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. If you enjoy our content, we would love for you to subscribe and have the opportunity to tune in to future podcasts. You can follow us on all social media platforms at the Influencers Podcast Official. You can stay up to date, hear more inspiring content, and unlock your full potential as an influencer. Remember to use your influence to create lasting change that draws the world closer to Jesus. Jesus.